Hey, everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of the Final Third Podcast. In this episode, we talk about Dosa Cero in Cincinnati, a bunch of World Cup qualifying games from across the globe, as well as some other matches and news stories from, you know, around the soccer world. Follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show if you want to hop into the conversation even more. Uh, check the link down below, actually, to join our MLS Bracket Challenge. If you win that bracket challenge, you get $10 from us. So go ahead and do that. All right. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It's Monday. It's our news and predictions episode. As always, my name is Adris Bura. I'm one of your co-hosts, fan of West Ham United, the U.S. national teams, and Minnesota United. And today I'm joined by Jack, my co-host, whose uh, favorite song just happens to be Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Jack, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good after this weekend. You know, I am a fan of Chelsea, Minnesota United, and Atalanta, but those, those, those didn't matter this weekend. Right. But both of my teams, the U.S. and France, won their games. France won 8-0 to against Kazakhstan, qualifying them for the World Cup, but we'll talk about that later. And we'll also talk about the U.S. men's national team's Dos Acero over yes, Mexico. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. This is going to be a very World Cup qualifier-focused uh, episode, I would say. At least in the news section, we're going to talk about some other games, some other news stories as well. But we're going to be talking about the U.S. men's national team and then give some updates on World Cup qualifiers from around the globe. Before we get to that, though... Follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. Link will be down below because, you know, we, we have been live tweeting a bunch of games. We have been, you know, reacting to news stories, giving our analysis on different things. So if you want to be a part of that conversation, definitely go on Twitter to do that. Also, go to Twitter or to the link down below to enter in our Major League Soccer Playoff Bracket Challenge right on the MLS uh, website. I think you only need an account to enter that. Basically, just pick which teams you think are going to make it uh, to you know, the knockout rounds, make it to the final, who's going to win the final, and you'll enter in our league, and whoever wins that final third bracket challenge league, uh, we're going to give $10. It's not a lot, but it's out of our uh, bank accounts, or Venmo accounts, or whatever <laughs> you want. Like, that's, so, so, that's free money. You don't have to do anything to enter unless you uh, seed on Twitter, in which case we'd ask you to at least follow us and retweet that tweet. But uh, I digress. Definitely check that out. We'd love to see as many people enter in that bracket challenge. All right, Jack, are you ready to talk some news? Yeah, let's get right into it. All right, let's talk about something that we both very much enjoyed watching this past Friday, and that was Dos Acero in Cincinnati. Yes. As always, Dos Acero means uh, two to zero uh, in Spanish. And the reason why we call it Dos Acero is because historically, ever since the 90s and especially in the 2000s, the USA inexplicably has beaten Mexico by a scoreline of two to zero, including probably one of the more famous ones, if not the most famous one, the 2002 World Cup in South Korea and Japan, beating them in the round of 16. And that was incredible. That was a two to zero. And it happened again, this time in World Cup qualifiers. Both the U.S. and Mexico were uh, in the, the, the automatic qualification zone, top three. 
but to get a win for either of these teams would have been huge to kind of consolidate their spot at the top, even potentially go atop the group for uh, at least the next match. And that's a big deal, obviously. These are two historic rivals. Uh, some even more given context. The U.S. and Mexico have played each other twice this year already because the Nations League and the Gold Cup Finals were against, had both these teams. U.S. came out on top for both of them. So, so much importance was vested into this match in Cincinnati at TQL Stadium, the home of FC Cincinnati. And Jack, do you want to kind of walk through uh, the basics of what happened in this match at all? Yeah, well, the first half... You know, both sides had some good chances. Mexico probably had the better chances, I, yeah. I'd have to say. U- U.S. wasn't out of it, to be fair. Right. But Mexico right. for sure had the better quality chances. Including, in, I believe, about the 30th minute when, uh, I want to say it was Alvarez, or no, it was uh, Lozano yep, playing a ball Lozano. over the top uh, through the defense, and uh, Tecatito Corona gets on the end of it and puts it wide of the post. Uh, that that was one of the better chances in the first half. The U.S. weren't out of it, but, you know, the center backs in Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson definitely stayed busy in those opening stages, as well as Zach Steffen, who made some great saves mm-hmm. to uh, to keep Mexico out during the first half. And, you know, we, we see after the first half, the U.S. start to break down Mexico even more than they already were. And they had a lot more chances, but they weren't converting any of them quite yet. There were some great ones in there, but nothing quite clicking. And then, 66th minute, who else comes on but Christian Pulisic, Captain right. America, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not the captain for this match, but, you know, kind of the standard bearer for the U.S. men's national team abroad uh, for the past, what, five years, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, and he, just six minutes later, scores a perfectly timed headed goal you know, Tim, uh, Timo Weah, one of AJ's favorite U.S. Yes, players, that's true. That's true. Uh, plays in a perfect cross, and Pulisic kind of goes in uh, through the box. I like to think Giroud taught him that one. Uh, and he, he gets up over the defender and puts in a beautiful header, beats Ochoa, and the U.S. are up 1-0, to zero, in which he celebrates by lifting up his shirt to reveal man in the mirror after, I believe it was Memo Ochoa, who made the comment mm-hmm. saying the U.S. is the is uh, Mexico or, is Mexico the is the mirror that the, U- the mirror. Yeah, right. Whatever. The reflection <laughs> in the mirror that the U.S. wants to see themselves in. Yeah. A nice little joke. Uh, apparently it was Wea and I think Tyler Adams that, that were like, yeah, you should do that. Uh, you should do that. Like, <laughs> that's uh, so funny. I, I like that a lot, especially since uh, Wea was the one who who scored the the goal or provided the assist. My bad. Right. Getting, yes. exci- getting excited. Uh, and. It looks pretty good. You know, the U.S. are holding out and they're still attacking. And somehow, by a stroke of miracle, really, stroke of luck comes Weston McKenney's way. He, uh, Tyler Adams, plays him a pass in. He tries to play it back to him. It bounces off the Mexican defender and in front of him. And he's like, well, he, he, he you know, the Thanos quote, fine, I'll do it myself. There you go. And uh, he slots it right past Ochoa to make it dos a cero. Mm-hmm. And... It's not quite over yet. There's still some action at the very at the very end, uh, which is Miles Robinson. Is it is it a second yellow card? I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Lozano, he supposedly fouls Lozano. Looks 
so much like a flop to me, in my opinion. But uh, he gets a second yellow card and is sent off for the last four minutes. I think there were four minutes of added time. Yeah. But the U.S. do hold out to get that win. Uh, but we should probably talk about the other potential incident in there that was not given a red card. Yeah. AJ, that, do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, I think around between the 60 and 70th minutes, somewhere in there, uh, Aronson goes down. And uh, I, I want to say it's uh, Chaka. Is, is, is that yep, a Chaka a, Rodriguez? Yep. Yeah. Player's name. Yeah. Chaka Rodriguez is kind of a little bit mad that, you know, Aronson maybe has simulated, maybe he's not getting up on the ground. So he tries to grab him, grabs him again. But this time, he just completely claws his face. Like he just like, it was like he's trying to pick up a bowling ball and he's using Aronson's face as like the holes of the bowling ball. And like, it, like there's like, you could see his fingers like kind of dig in. And the it ref was, looks at it too. <laughs> yeah. It, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of hard to watch. And you see the, the image afterwards, Aronson's face kind of red, maybe a little inflamed from that, but that was, I don't know, like, you're not supposed to be touching people's faces in soccer. I guess, I guess in general, you probably shouldn't touch people's face, but especially in this case, that is a textbook red card, or I want to say textbook. It's a definite red card. Jack, I'm guessing you agree. Well, yeah, I mean, the (laughs) the thing that makes it more egregious, I think, is that I I was watching this clip over again. The referee looks straight down, like, right as the clawing happens. He looks down at it and sees that happen. And he, and still nothing, just absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, Con- Concacaf referees are just—they're uh, bad. It's like Concacaf oh, referees yeah. and like English referees. They're just—I—I hate—I'd—I'd I'd hate to be a neutral having to watch these I, games. I think that might have just been Anthony Taylor in a mask. If we're being honest, like that, nah, definitely true. Actually, definitely true. <laughs> uh, but th- but that should have been a red card, and it kind of adds like this. This long, long history of this rivalry getting out of hand, particularly from some Mexican players. Obviously, uh, we have McKennie being choked out in two separate occasions. Yep. Uh, some other issues uh, with with Mexican players and the U.S. players getting into scuffles, and this is just another uh, edition of this tale. Uh, but that that is basically what happened in uh, the match. So because Miles Robinson got sent off in the 88th minute or so. And McKennie got a yellow card, and he's reached the limit of yellow card accumulation. Both those players have been sent home because, I mean, there's only one more match, so there's no point in them staying. Uh, and James Sands uh, of NYCFC has been called in for that last uh, match because he, you know, obviously covers both center back and defensive midfield uh, decently well. Uh, but before we get to that and what we want to see from Jamaica, Jack, let's talk about what made the USA so good. So if you'd let me uh, divulge my, my thoughts on this. Yep, because I missed most of the first half because I okay. was I was working. But All right. All right. Well, you know, Jack, Jack's a working dude. He's got to He's got to do what he's got to do. I, however, had nothing to do. I was working on homework and I was watching this game. Uh, and so the things that I really that really stood out to me was that midfield MMA. No, I'm not talking about mixed martial arts, even though. You know, sometimes it does get to that uh, level of talent right there because it's uh, McKenny, Musa, and Adams. That uh, a triple midfield, so good. They won so many second balls in the midfield. You can look at the compilations. They did so good in dominating the air, getting those second balls, 
and at least at the very least even if they didn't get those second balls even if they didn't even win the duel they disrupted the rhythm of mexico so well because they were always challenging i think they had some of the height advantages so a lot of times mexico would just cede control uh to them because they knew that they were going to lose that aerial duel and just the fact that they were able to break up mexico's momentum by dominating the air like that was huge in making sure mexico never really felt comfortable really couldn't fall into a rhythm and really couldn't uh make chance after chance it was very errant their chances were so great performance by musa mckinney and adams even though adams you know from an offensive standpoint i don't think adams was as good as he has been but still he is still worth his weight in gold in terms of that defensive mobility uh, in addition to that amazing midfield Another reason why I thought USA was so good was the wingers. Despite Pepe not you know, being able to finish his chances, uh, he was still able to make some movement, but the real threat in the front line was from the wingers. Aronson and Weah were so good at running behind and getting to balls, basically tiring and testing the Mexican back line all game. Jack mentioned this, but Weah probably had his best game for the USA. Uh, he had that assist with Pulisic, but the entire time... He, he was just uh, terrorizing the fullbacks for Mexico. He's so dynamic on the wing, and he had three key passes, which obviously is very good. Pulisic came on, and he was the game changer. He brought in so much energy against the tired and relatively old defense. Speaking of defense, our defense was amazing. Zimmerman won eight out of ten of his duels, had eight clearances, and was just dominant in the defense. He broke up a few attacks. It was just everything you really needed in a center back. He even pocketed Jimenez pretty much all game long, which for a, a Nashville SC center back, an MLS center back, pretty, pretty good. Yedlin was the same way, and Zach Steffen also, in my mind, had his best game for the U.S. Four very crucial saves, including the one-on-one -on -one that uh, Jack mentioned was put, I, I want to say off target. I think he also had one that was like, I think it was yep, Lozano. He, uh, yeah, he, he had, had a he save had, on. He had a good one-on-one -on -one save as well. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and overall, I, th I think just tactically, we outplayed Mexico. I think this was Burhalter's best game in terms of how he set up this team. This is like, for maybe the first time ever, we see Burhalter's vision and we see how well it was implemented. Like this was, this is what Burhalter ball is supposed to be. We destroyed them in XG 2.17 to 0.72, and Burhalter talked about in the post game conference. The strength of this team is how good we are at annoying the defense and tiring them out in the first half. We have a young squad that can run behind and force defenders to chase, which was paramount in getting Mexico to get tired and slowly break them down to make mistakes. Speaking of breaking them down, we pressed them perfectly with the midfields, breaking down their lines, breaking down any of their chances, and that just broke up their rhythm as a result. And we did that as a unit. Everything was like, very calculated playing out of the back and progressing the ball is also a strength that we saw exemplified in stefan's ball playing ability and overall this was just like this was just like a boa constrictor you know wrapping itself around its prey and every time the prey would just breathe out we constricted even further and that's what we're doing with the mexican midfield that's what we're doing with this entire mexican back line just slowly breaking them down until we had more and more clear-cut chances in the second half jack anything else that you think made us so good i mean i think you i think you pretty much nailed it on there uh everyone 
had I, I think there's very few players that you can point out and say they had a poor game. I don't even think any Miles, of them had a poor yeah, game. Even Miles Robinson, who got a red yeah. card, didn't play poorly at all. Like, I mean, it wasn't maybe as good as, you know, the Gold Cup final where he scored the winning goal. But then again, it's hard to match that. Right. Uh, but still, I, I think like, you know, great game from everyone. And it seems like, you know, this this is the kind of team that we should be setting up for. I know a lot of people when the roster was released was like, Oh, Burr is going to play Ariola and Legette and, oh, ne- and we're not. Yeah. And we're never, and we're never going to see like all of the best players that we have. No, he, 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 he obviously took Mexico seriously and put out a great lineup that, that was, and set them up perfectly to tire yeah. him out. Like you said, uh, Wea, I, you know, I think they gave the man of the match to Pulisic technically. Yeah. But Wea is my man of the match. Burr Halter gave the man of the match to Wea. Okay. Like, like the coach's man of the match, the game ball went to Timothy Wea, which obviously makes sense. I, th- I, th- I think the Pulisic, the man of the match thing that's voted by, uh, you know, fans and yeah. it makes sense that they would vote for him. He's the goal scorer and he's Christian Pulisic and he had the man of the mirror shirt. But right. Yeah. Right. Wea was the game changer. Yeah. And I also want to talk about a player that I think might be one of my favorite U.S. men's national team players. And that's Anthony Robinson. Yeah, for sure. Because he was fantastic. Like even towards the end of the game, he made a giant, massive run down it, uh, down the flank, and put in a good ball. And uh, you know, I, I tweeted about this. Jesus Ferreira could have made it three to zero, but he just knows how important the two to zero scoreline yeah. is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he was just respecting tradition. It's mm-hmm, fine. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. So you know, FC Dallas, hats off to you. You've uh, you've created a, a very respectful <laughs> young player <laughs> there. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he 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 had a fantastic game. Really, like even when he it, when he lost the ball, ran back and recovered really nicely. Mm-hmm. And he was a constant threat going forward. And that's you know, what you want to see. You want to see that overload to commit more players to run around. And so, yeah, really good. Yeah, Anthony Robinson, he had a few errant passes, gave some, had a lot, lot of those giveaways in the first half, but very much made it up with his defensive contribution and his uh, how he cleaned it up, I think, in the second half. Mm-hmm. Jack, I, I will ask this question, and I'll, I want to hear your take first. What does this say from a very bird's eye view, a very, uh, you know, long term kind of view? What does this say about Mexico and USA as a whole, where they're going, the trends? What do you think? Well, I think the very clear one is that the U.S. is on their way up and Mexico's on their way down in terms of regional (laughs) power. Uh, And the reason behind that, though, is if you look at the lineups, the age difference, you know, the U.S. team was so much more youthful than the Mexican team. And when you consider that, um, I believe uh, the, the Mexican coach even said, like, he hasn't contacted Julian Araujo, is it? I, I, I believe that he hasn't yeah. reached out to him about getting called up for, for the Mexican team. When, you know, Chaka Rodriguez, he's been good, but he's also 30 and he's not, he, he, he's not, <laughs> he's not getting any younger. Uh, so you're, you're not going to be able to sustain that forever. And yes, they have some players waiting in the wings, but when you compare their player pool to the U.S.'s, it's not even close. When you compare the clubs they play for, we have Mm -hmm. the likes of Chelsea, Juventus, Barcelona, Dortmund being uh, represented, Lille, and then Mexico, it's 
the, the best uh, players are in Ajax, Napoli, Real, Batiste, Atletico Madrid. Wolves. Like, yeah. Wolves, yeah. I guess, yeah. W- Wolves, exactly. And then the rest of the team is domestic. It's Mexico. It's, uh, it's America. It's Tigres. And yes, obviously, having a good domestic league is good. Having players represented in those domestic leagues, you know, it's not a bad thing if they're on the national team. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a clear indicator that the the level is just growing and Mexico is not keeping up with that level that the U.S. is setting. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, they're, they're not keeping up. They're not expanding in the same way the U.S. is expanding. Yep, exactly. And, uh, you know, while Me- Mexico's. It's interesting because I think the Mexican League has become more of what like MLS was in the earlier parts of the decade where older players are going there to retire. Yeah. <laughs> like you think about Florian <laughs> Tovan, right? Yeah. He, he went to Mexico to pretty much see out the rest of his career, right? Like, I mean, uh, I, I think that's pretty interesting. And then on the other hand, the U.S. is exporting talent all the time. Like, Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I can't like uh, the past few windows. There's been so many talented players going overseas and you just don't see that with the Mexican league as often. And when it does happen, you know, it hasn't worked very well uh, in, in a lot of instances. And that and that uh, the success rate is just shocking, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that informs future purchases. Right. So those scouts are going to look if they if they only have like one scout for North America. I don't know why they'd only have one scout, but let's <laughs> say they do. They're going to send them to the U.S., not to Mexico. Yeah. And that's only going to continue to hurt Mexico for the years to come. And I mean, obviously, I'm not saying Mexico's doomed or like they're 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 terrible because they're still very good, obviously. Right. They're second in the table for a reason. But they've they've got some warning signs that they've got to fix. Yes, exactly. Especially because this is the first time in this series that one team has beat the other three times in a calendar year. Since 1937. Yep, yep. That's that was before I was born. I'll say it. Really, fact, really. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, that was before even my grandparents were born. So it's uh, it's not great for Mexico. I also would say that what this says about USA in specifics that we have depth. Wea bounced back from poor window in a very, very good way, and he. I, I love Tim, Tim Wea. He's one of my favorite U.S. men's national team players. If it's him or Gio Reyna, I might take Reyna. But to have that depth it is crazy. Like, imagine this game with Gio Reyna, and then Timothy Wea comes in the 60th minute to just continue to destroy uh, that Mexican backline. That 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 I I can't even think about that because it just seems too gross to think about. Like how <laughs> much we destroy them, and. We also have in the center backs Zimmerman. Like Brooks isn't here, and yet Zimmerman stepped up very, very well. Yedlin too, even though Dest was not here. We have two amazing goalkeepers. It, Berhalter mentioned it, it was hard to pick between Stefan and Turner, but to even have that decision and to have it be a hard decision, not because both of them are bad, but because both of them are very good goalkeepers, is a great sight to see. I'll quickly mention before we talk about the game against Jamaica this coming Tuesday. Uh, I posed some questions that needed to be answered before Mexico in last week's episode, and we have those answers. I asked, what role will Pulisic play in this game? 
I, w- I thought it was, he was going to be a super sub, and he was, and I think that's a great role to have him while he's still coming back from injury. I asked where the creativity was coming from, and we saw that from Timothy Weah, especially getting those key passes. I asked who's going to be the right back. Is it going to be Skyly, Yedlin, or Cannon? Uh, you know, a lot of people thought that Skyly was going to be that right back. Many people wanted him to be that right back. I thought Yedlin did a great job and proved that he can be a very good defensive right back. Uh, I asked why isn't Brooks here and who's going to fill in? Like I said, Zimmerman filled in perfectly. And the last and probably biggest question was, was Berhalter going to trust the players that he knows are the best, or is he going to get too cute with his lineup? And I think very clearly he picked the right players for the job, picking like Weya, Musa, all these players that maybe wouldn't have started in like another world, but in this case they did, and it turned out great. Jack, would you? Ch- how much are you going to change in this lineup? Because obviously we have to make two require changes because Robinson and McKenney are out. W- are you going to change just those players, and who are you going to pick? Or are you going to pick some new players and also just do some random rotations throughout the lineup? What do you think? It's going to be, there's a few changes I'm going to make in, in this. Uh, I think you keep Stefan, keep him through the window. You know, he had a great game, so reward him for that, right? Um, Backline, keep Anthony Robinson, keep Walker Zimmerman. Obviously, Miles Robinson can't play. I would go with Chris Richards. I, okay. I, think, I think he definitely deserves to get some playing time. And then right back, I'd go with Joe Scally. I really okay. want to see him play. And I think against Jamaica is probably a pretty decent game to get a, ga- uh, a game in. Uh, if not, I want to see him at least get 30 minutes. At okay, least. Fair. Right. Uh, that, that's, that's what I'll say on that. Um, midfield, I'm going to go for the smartest midfield around the NBA midfield. Uh, we're going to go for Musa, Busio, and Adams. Uh, I, I think that would I think that would be a good mix. You know, Adams can go forward because he created two chances in the in the game against Mexico. So allow him to get maybe a little bit further forward uh, and let Busio sit back maybe a little bit more either way or switch that around. I, mm-hmm. I don't care. They're both great playmakers who, who can sit a bit deeper Absolutely. and allow Musa to get that creative creativity. You know, I wasn't always convinced by him, but, you know, after watching that second half. I'm convinced. Okay. So uh, that, uh, yeah, that's what I'd go for midfield front line. I don't think Pulisic will start because, you know, mm-hmm. injury management I prefer that as a Chelsea fan. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, front line, I'd keep the same way up okay. and Aronson. They, they were fantastic. Uh, I, and yeah, I give them another chance. Uh, and because I, I don't, I don't know who you really replace any of them with. Because the only other attacker on this roster really is Ariola. Yeah, there's, uh, there's Ferreira. Yeah, I, I guess like you could you could play either of them. I I I could see an I, argument I for Pepe though, over yeah. Ferreira, but I I want to see more Pepe. That's I, that's what I want. Okay, sure. That's what I'd prefer. I, I for the most part I agree. Uh, I will say. I, I see rewarding Stefan, but I also think he would understand if Turner would start because you know. Right, Got to keep yeah. reps up, if, especially for two kind of on-level goalkeepers. I will say, though, that if we want to really practice breaking down uh, a Jamaica side that's probably going to be defending pretty deep, 
it would be good to see like Stefan try to use that like ball playing ability exactly to, you yeah. know break out so I, I i definitely see both sides of that robinson want him to start or anthony robinson just to clarify <laughs> miles can't start uh i agree with richards and zimmerman right back i'd probably also go for scally because you know you you want to win at jamaica but also this is probably going to be the easier uh game obviously so this would make the most sense to start him here or at least give him significant minutes i'll go with an mpa midfield as well the front line i will say i wouldn't be opposed to seeing Ariola start if the goal is to rest and use like Weya and aronson as a super sub along with pilsic because we know Ariola can run 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 and i don't think like his lack of technical ability is gonna hurt us too much against jamaica i want to say and so if, if we have it just to, just to you know give some minutes uh to him and mitigate the the, the minutes and the potential injury risk for aronson or Wea, i also understand that as well peppy is peppy i want to keep him around uh yeah i'm looking forward to that jamaica game uh yeah, uh, hopefully Antonio doesn't score against us, or even if he does, <laughs> I hope we score more than whatever he puts in our back for net. So that's how I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, I think that is enough of USA versus Mexico. Do you want to talk about some other World Cup qualifiers, Jack? Yeah, because we got a lot of news uh, from just more teams qualifying as UEFA starts to wrap up their first round of qualifying. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's still their playoff thing, but uh, and the AFC or sorry, uh, CAF, CAF. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes, the the, Af- the African Federation. Mm-hmm. They're wrapping up their uh, their second round. I want to yeah. say, I yeah, uh, their their system is a lot different, but they're they're wrapping up whatever round they're in. So yeah, it will be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, and so let's go over it. Uh, yeah. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, so I'll quickly mention that uh, the current teams that are, well, I'm not going to mention the teams. Uh, let's, go, let's, let's just go confederation <laughs> by confederation. Let's start off with the OFC. And the reason why I started with the OFC, the Oceanic Football Confederation, is that they haven't started uh, their tournament yet nice. due nice. to COVID. They're starting it next March. So, you know, good for them, whatever. Keep, keep safe. Uh, CONCACAF, it's the USA on top. Mexico second, Canada third, fourth, Panama. We're not going to get into into it too much because we want to, you know, reserve the space for the already done qualifiers, the teams that are already qualified. But as it turns out, right now, Concacaf, there's a really big gap between the top four and the bottom four. Uh, Panama and Costa Rica are separated by five points, so I think that this race is all going to be about who can stay out of that number four spot, and hopefully. It's Panama that stays there, and the U.S., Mexico, and Canada can, you know, make a good showing in the World Cup. Wouldn't mind Mexico dropping down to the fourth place spot. Yeah, it it would be funny. It would be funny. (laughs) It would be pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to the Asian uh, Federation. Obviously, since Qatar is hosting, they automatically uh, get their spot into the World Cup. In Group A, in the second round, again, it's two groups of six. It looks like the most likely to qualify are going to be Iran and South Korea. There's a six-point gap between South Korea and the third-place team, Lebanon. Group B, it's a lot more open. Saudi Arabia and Australia are currently on top. 
Australia is only ahead of Japan in third place by one point, and Oman is actually right there behind with seven points. Jack, any thoughts on the Asian Federation? I mean, uh, the Group A is boring, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 pretty much set that it's going to be South Korea and Iran. Uh, it will be interesting to see who makes that third place spot, I suppose. But still uh, kind of yeah. boring. Group B, though, I'm very excited to see how the battle between Oman, Japan and Australia pay, plays out. Saudi Arabia, I think, are probably going to qualify from this one. So it's yeah, really about that team. second and third place spaces. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm hoping Australia can qualify just because I think they're always a fun team to to see in there. Mm-hmm. But it would be kind of cool to see Oman somehow pull off a an upset and qualify. Do I think that's likely? Probably not. I, I really hope. I mean, I, I know Saudi Arabia, Iran, South Korea are probably going to qualify. Australia, too. I, I also want to see Japan qualify. I have family there and... They were really fun to watch last World Cup. Still a really fun team, so I'm hoping uh, for the best there. Uh, in the CAF, uh, the Confederation of African Football, I don't, I don't really know the, <laughs> the letters, but they're in the second round, and the way this works is that there's a bunch of groups of four. Uh, it goes up to Group J, yep. and so the, the winners of those groups don't actually automatically qualify. They have to go into third round, which is uh, all the winners get put in a pool and they draw another team and it's a home and away match matchup and whoever wins that qualifies to the World Cup. Very scary. Uh, Very scary for these teams. There's zero margin for error. Uh, It hasn't fully wrapped yet at the time of recording, so I'm just going to go through the teams that have automatically qualified at the time of recording. We have uh, starting in Group uh, E, Mali. Group F is Egypt. Group H is Senegal. Group I is Morocco. And then the teams that are currently uh, still need to kind of fight against each other in order to get to that, that winning of, of the group. Group A, Algeria and Burkina Faso. I'd probably put money on Algeria. Group B, Tunisia. Equatorial Guinea and Zambia are fighting it out. Probably put money on Tunisia. They're currently on top. Group C, uh, Nigeria and Cape Verde. It would be very fun to see Cape Verde potentially in the World Cup. But Nigeria obviously has a lot of talent. Group D to Ivory Coast Cameroon. That is a very interesting matchup considering that these are two pretty good teams. They've dominated uh, Group D so far. Uh, But Ivory Coast is ahead by one point. Uh, Group G, Ghana and South Africa. That's done. That's done. Oh. Ghana, Ghana's, but they've, okay. they've played all six. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't know why we, Wikipedia hasn't marked it as done. <laughs> yep. So I guess Ghana's one of the automatically qualified ones. And in Group J, uh, another done one. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, it is uh, the Democratic, Democratic Republic, Republic of the Congo. Of Congo. Yes. Jack, any thoughts on this? Any teams that you'd love to see in the World Cup? I, I think it would be really interesting uh to see you know tunisia because i i don't know much about their team but they, they've been doing pretty well in qualifying you know zambia is a good team as well so given that they've beaten them for uh for a spot you know zambia is pretty much out of this they would need a lot i i think they no they, they need to beat tunisia and hope mauritania who has one point beats equatorial guinea for them to qualify yeah so very unlikely but Still, 
uh, that would be a really interesting one. And Algeria is always fun to see in there because they've uh-huh. got some really fantastic players. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to see Tunisia there too because, well, I mean, they got fourth place in the last AFCON. Uh, champions were Algeria, runners-up Senegal, third place Nigeria. I mean, uh, the, the African countries are, are very fun to watch uh, in AFCON and in the World Cup. How can anyone forget Nigeria's amazing kit during that uh, oh, during yeah. that World Cup? Like, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Th- these nations. I wish they got more spots in the World Cup. Uh, but it is what it is. All right. Uh, Conmebol is the next one. Brazil currently is the only one that's fully qualified because they have dominated uh, this table. They have thirty four points. Sixth, uh, fifth place is sixteen. So obviously, mathematically, they are pretty well qualified. Argentina, Ecuador, and Chile currently make up the, I would say, yeah, the automatic qualification spots. Argentina is probably the most likely to qualify next because they have 28 points. I highly doubt they're going to drop too many points. They're almost guaranteed to qualify. Ecuador is in a really good spot, 20 points, four points ahead of the fourth place team. I'd love to see Ecuador there. And then we get to like Chile, Colombia, and Uruguay, who are all tied with 16 points. Only one of those teams can qualify directly. Another team will have to uh, go through the playoff spot, and another team will miss out completely. Jack, who do you? Who would you want to? Well, okay, the way I'm gonna phrase this: Which order do you want it to be, and which order do you think it will be? Well, obviously, I want Colombia to make it automatically. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, they've got two Atalanta players in there. Uh, you know, I've, I've got, I've, I've got to represent that, yeah. that. So that's who I would want to make that fourth place spot. What order do I think it will be? Uh, I, I think, I honestly think it will be Colombia in fifth or no fourth Chile wow. in fifth and your Uruguay in sixth. You really don't believe in Uruguay. They're, they're becoming a much older team. You know, they're two main goal threats. Are both pretty old now. Luis Suarez and Ed- Edinson Cavani. Yes, I know they're still scoring, but uh, you know you can't rely on them forever. Uh, that did kind of show in a game we'll talk about later: Argentina versus Uruguay. So uh, you know, I I I don't quite trust in them that much. And Colombia, you know, they had a great run at the Copa America. I th- I think they can, I think they can definitely. Uh, they they should be able to make it in there. Chile has a similar problem to Uruguay as well. A lot older of a team but you know they they've still got some good players in there yeah well if i honestly had to guess i would say that chile are the ones that are gonna miss out they still have to play uruguay brazil and argentina in world cup qualifying and i i i i, I don't think uruguay is gonna miss out because when you look at their next couple fixtures their last three fixtures oh were, i didn't even think about that <laughs> their last three fixtures were the hardest that it's gonna get argentina brazil and argentina again three in a row that's going to make any team look bad. Next, they have Bolivia away, Paraguay away. Definitely winnable games. Then at home, Venezuela and Peru, also very winnable games. Hopefully, they can get it wrapped up by then because the last game is going to be away to Chile, which might be uh, the decider there. But I, I, I believe in Uruguay, to say the least. Uh, but we'll see how that turns out. Uh, let's go into the most interesting, I would say, uh, qualification uh, update. Confederation, I would say, which is a UEFA, because they are you know slowly wrapping up. They have automatic qualifiers in this round, so we can actually you know say who's is qualifying. 
Jack, let's go round by round, or not round by round, group by group, starting with group A. Very interesting group, Jack. Yeah. Do you want to walk us through what happened today and how Ooh, everything ended do up? do I? Oh, yes. Uh, so, Serbia and Portugal were tied on 17 points going into this game. Portugal were on top on goal difference, so to qualify to the World Cup, Serbia needed a win. And Portugal scored in the second minute. Uh, through Renato Sanchez goal, he got through the the middle of the defense and beat the goalkeeper at the near post. Really good finish. Uh, and but you know Serbia, they they kept pressing throughout throughout that first half, and it did pay off as Dusan Tadic dispatched a goal in the thirty third minute. And you know it, it was it was a fantastic game. Both sides had good chances. Uh, both goalkeepers were doing pretty well until the ninetieth minute of this game. When who else for Serbia but Alexander Mitrovic, who comes up with a, a, a header, gets it past Rui Patricio, and Serbia win this game and qualify to the World Cup automatically. Yeah. They did, they did qualify in 2018. They qualified through the playoffs, though, if, if I'm remembering correctly. So pretty impressive, to, especially to beat Portugal to that spot. So they automatically qualify to the World Cup. Yeah. Really impressive. Like their campaign was impressive. Zero losses yeah. in the entire campaign in a, in a group with Portugal. Not too bad at all. So uh, I think that's really impressive. Uh, I also don't like Portugal because I like France and yeah. I, I have a, I have a bit of, I have a bit of beef with Portugal. So I'm bet, happy with that. I bet. <laughs> well, it's especially interesting because I think Serbia, they've made the last four world cups. And in that time, have not qualified a single time to the Euros. Yeah, yeah, that very, sounds about right. <laughs> very interesting, but what a great performance from them. This means that Portugal are going to have to go through the playoff process, which I'll remind our listeners, requires the, ru- the runners-up of each of these groups, plus the two highest-ranked nation- Nations League group winners, which I believe is Austria and the Czech Republic, uh, so 12 teams in all, they, they have different paths. So it gets split into, I believe, yeah, three different paths. So three different groups of four, uh, a semifinal and a final. And three teams out of those 12 will qualify <laughs> to the World Cup. So Portugal, that one goal requires them to go on to two other matches. They have to win two matches in a row because I think it's single elimination. I, be, I think it's the same process as the Euros, so yeah. yeah. So that's incredibly tough. And when we get to the other runners-up, we're going to see that there's a lot of good teams that are fighting for just three spots. So moving on to Group B, uh, this is also completed. This is Spain and Sweden. Spain getting that top spot. Sweden making the playoff spot. Greece, Georgia, and Kosovo miss out. Uh Really, the Spain versus Sweden game, I thought it was, it was pretty well wrapped up. Uh, it was Morata who scored the game winner, I want to say, Jack. Yep, yep, 86th yes. minute. And, and who, who scored the other goals for uh, Spain and Sweden? That was it in that game. Oh, it was, was it just a 1-0? It, it was a 1-0, yeah. Oh, wow. Dang. <laughs> I'm sorry if you were expecting goals. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, considering it's Spain and Sweden, I guess I shouldn't have really yeah, expected yeah. too many goals, but... That is how that ended. Uh, Sweden was very much trying to win that because I think they didn't. They couldn't draw. They had to win that entire game in order to right. uh, 
qualify directly. So they will also be going through that playoff spot uh, uh, round, I suppose. Group C, also not as interesting. I don't think it's done yet. Yeah, uh, Italy and will play Jor Northern Ireland, sorry, and Switzerland will play Bulgaria coming up, uh, I believe, tomorrow or today when this comes out. So, uh, Jack, who do you think is going to top this group, Italy or Switzerland? Well, they're both playing against generally easier opposition. Uh, I, I think Italy should still do it because they, uh, you know, with a superior goal differential, they, they do have a bit of an advantage. Uh -huh. As long as they don't lose to Northern Ireland, I think they should make it in. Uh, Switzerland as well. Have it, don't score a ton of goals. They scored four against Lithuania, but, you know, uh, last time out against, um, I'm trying to find when they played Bulgaria last, it was one to three in favor of Switzerland. So given that, and then Italy, I believe, won by a bit of a better margin uh, against Northern Ireland the last time they played against them. Uh, but I could be, no, it was two to zero. But even if that holds, they win. Yeah. So... If if they can replicate that, they're they're in a good position. I think Italy will win, and then Switzerland goes into the playoff spot. Yeah, I will say that Italy are going to be playing Northern Ireland at Northern Ireland, so there's always a chance for an upset. I I won't there is, uh, there is. Uh, I won't discount Northern Ireland or Bulgaria here. So it could go either way, but because of that goal differential advantage, I I am tempted to say that Italy are going to be the ones to qualify directly. I mean, it would be a huge, huge story if Italy misses the World Cup again oh, yeah. because they have to go through the playoff process. But I digress. That is a story for another day. <laughs> the next uh, group is Group D. France have already automatically qualified. Jack is pumping his fists. Uh, Finland and Ukraine have everything to play for uh, as they are the two teams that are still eligible to make that last playoff spot in this group. Bosnia and Herzegovina and Kazakhstan are out of the race. But Finland are two points ahead of Ukraine right now. So at the very least, they need to draw, and hopefully Ukraine doesn't make up too much a goal difference. Or, you know, they could win against France. That's kind of a, a, a tough ask. <laughs> and or... Bosnia and Herzegovina saves the day and is able to beat Ukraine. Jack, of those two teams, Finland and Ukraine, which do you think are most likely to make that playoff spot? I think Finland, actually. Uh, and my reason why is because Ukraine, they've won a single game this yeah. qualifying period. They don't have, they don't seem to be able to finish off games. They won a single game against Finland, but, you know, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Why, they, they might as well play spoiler in this, and I, I think they're, I a, they're a solid team as well. So the last time they played Ukraine, it was a 1-1 draw. Also, they are playing away at Bosnia and Herzegovina. So Yeah, that's tough. It will be interesting to, to see. I'm, I, I know we're both, we're, we both like Finland, so I, I, yeah. I don't think either of us would be mad with that result. Well, I, I mean, to be fair, Finland, obviously I want uh, Yuka Raitala and Robin oh. Ludd of Minnesota United to win. But also Ukraine, 
Still have Yarmolenko. Still a West Ham fan. Still a West Ham player, (laughs) even though that's probably going to change soon. Two Minnesota United players versus one West Ham player. I don't care about Yuka Raitala that much. (laughs) And there's a former Minnesota United player on there. Uh, Yeah, Schuler's. Two and a half to one. There you go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I will say it's going to be a huge, huge story if Ukraine fail to make it to the World Cup at all. Because, I mean... They were one of the expected teams to challenge for uh, that's that spot in the playoffs in this group, and to see Finland be in the driver's seat, very very interesting. Finland, of course, as people remember, played their first ever major tournament in this year's Euros. If they can make it to the World Cup, incredible, incredible. Yeah. Also, fun fact uh, because I forgot about this: Finland have beaten France in the last year. They beat them in a friendly two to zero. That's right. So. Well, not out of the question. Yeah, unless Mbappe decides to have like another 10 out of 10 game and score. I, I have a feeling that France is going to rest players because okay. they're qualified. What what other purpose do they have? Yeah, just just, just play the, the young, unproven players that you might have on the roster. Just, yeah. Just experiment. Yeah, I definitely see that. Maybe Finland can get a result. Let's see. This next group is kind of boring because, as I mentioned before, uh, the Czech Republic have already qualified to the playoff spot uh, because they were... The, the best-ranked Nations League group winner that has not yet qualified to the World Cup directly or the playoffs. And so they are here. And the Wales and Czech Republic uh, have qualified to whatever, whatever, whatever. They're in the playoffs. Good for them, good for them. Belgium is the group winner here uh, with 19 points of pretty good form there on uh jack do you think that uh wales or czech republic can make uh, the world cup through the playoffs i mean yeah I, I think i think they could uh both of these teams are probably some of the stronger contenders in there i know you would want the czech republic to make it through oh yeah for, for sure. uh, yeah two west ham players on there mm-hmm. so or no now now three never mind my, oh, my yeah, bad. alex crawl yeah complete yeah problem, yeah so three on there so you definitely want that the czech republic to go through i'm sure uh but Wales and, and Czech Republic both did pretty good at the Euros. Uh, so more so Czech Republic. If Czech Republic can continue that kind of stuff, I, I think they have a chance. All right, cool. Next group, Group F, Denmark, the comfortable winner with 27 points here, uh, have won all their games so far. They still have one more game, but, you know, they're already winning. They've only conceded one goal this entire qualification process, so... Something tells me they're going to rest their players, even if it's against the second place team, which is Scotland, who has also have nothing to play for because they are already in that playoff spot. <laughs> even at win or lose, no matter what happens, they're still uh, in that playoff spots. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting that uh, the third place team, Israel, as it currently stands, is not in the playoffs. But Austria, because they are the other Nations League group winner that is the, the best-ranked one because and they have not qualified, blah, 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 are also in the playoffs. So very, very interesting. Jack, any takeaways from this group? I don't really have any other than I think it would be cool to see Scotland in the World Cup. Eh, yeah, I guess. I, I, I like Scotland. Billy Gilmore's there, so that's fine. Yeah. I, I think this is the most boring group because we've known this result for a while. Yeah. Uh, this next group is not boring at all. Group G, Netherlands, Turkey, and Norway have everything to play for. 
it, it could be any permutation uh, of these of these teams because Netherlands are currently on top. They're in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny, 20 points. Turkey and Norway are on 18 points, both of them. Netherlands play Norway, makes it hard for Norway. Turkey play Montenegro, so they have a, a very good chance of getting a positive result. But it's, it's going to be tough to really predict how this is going to turn out because of the fact that Netherlands and Norway play each other. And it, it, it's just on that basis alone, be, because they can like potentially get a draw, Turkey can like uh, slide, their, uh, slide their way through if uh, Tur Norway managed to beat Turkey. And then there's all these other permutations you have to think about. Jack, how do you think that this is going to turn out? Well, Netherlands, uh, the only way they don't make it is if they lose. Uh -huh. Like it, they can draw and they're still going to they're still going to qualify because if they draw. Yeah, because they'll have 21 points. Oh, yeah. N Norway will have 19 and Turkey, even if they win, will have 21 points. But unless they beat uh, they play Montenegro, right? Yeah. Unless they beat them by like, like 14 goals, 14 points. Yeah, yeah. 14 Four, goals. 15 goals. Actually, they'd have to beat them by in order to uh, to beat the Netherlands. So if if uh, Turkey wants any hope, they have to hope Norway beat the Netherlands. And, and in which case, then it will be Turkey in first, uh, assuming they beat Montenegro and Norway in second. So there, there is a lot of interesting stuff here. Montenegro has a lot of capability to be a spoiler in this. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting final day for that group. And I yeah. believe those games are tomorrow of, from when this episode comes out. So Tuesday. So Tuesday. Yes. Yep. All right. And really, if I, if I was a betting man, I'd say Netherlands probably are going to be the automatic qualifier. And because they are likely to beat Norway, Turkey's going to be that playoff spot in this yeah. group. A Hollandless Norway. Ironically, yes. Hollandless, you know? Yeah, good one, good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, group H is another uh, interesting group that concluded already. Croatia was the winner, Russia second place. And I predicted uh, the, the top three perfectly, actually. Croatia, Russia, and Slovakia way back when. I, I, I will say, even though I, I, I think I said the words, there's no way Russia win this group. And even though that did happen, Russia did not win this group. It was closer than a, a lot of people probably expected. Croatia has a history of very narrowly qualifying for some places, <laughs> uh, for some tournaments. So kind of in their blood, kind of in their uh, history. They were nine say, minutes away from qualifying. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I, I, I will say, though, up until this last game, up until like the, the first 20 minutes of the second half, at no point was I ever like, yeah, Croatia's Croatia's not gonna win this group. I, I always thought Croatia's gonna win this group. I got a I got a little scared right when the second half was happening, and I was like, oh god, they ha don't have a lot of time. They got like, gotta do something here. An own goal ended up yeah. like, saving them in like the 86, 87th minute. So whatever. Croatia still I think deserves to be there, and I would say Russia is probably one of the strongest teams going into this playoffs. Yeah. Uh, anything to say about that before we talk about England? I'm sad for Slovakia. They, yeah. they. I, I'm happy with today's result. That six nil crushing against Malta. It was, it was good. Uh, yeah. Also good for any RSL fans out there because Albert Rusnak scored oh, nice. two goals in that one. So good for him. 
All right, let's talk about Group I. England and Poland are currently the two uh, teams, respectively, at the top and in the playoff spot. I will... There's no way England don't win this group because... They play San Marino. They play San Marino, <laughs> who haven't won a game in 17 years. Yeah, so yeah. Likely to you know win that game unless if, something goes terribly let's, wrong let's put it this way like if if england don't automatically qualify that that is the biggest upset i think in sporting yeah. history because, not just soccer history sporting history yeah because not they don't just have to lose to san marino but poland has to in some way make up the six goal difference uh, uh setback that they're at right now and beat hungary by Five to six to seven goals, depending on how much uh, England lose by. So, uh, yeah, definitely tough. Uh, <laughs> Poland are also one of those strong teams going into the playoff spots. The last group is Germany, Group J. Uh, Germany are the winners of that group. Uh, North Macedonia are the playoff uh, team. The first time that they have, since uh, North Macedonia's uh, independence, made that playoff spot or have you know gone on this far in world cup qualifying romania sorry to my girlfriend's family did not make it very close if only one of my favorite players lg elmas <laughs> decide didn't decide to just go off like i love elmas I, I think he deserves a lot of playing time in napoli he he scored a brace and sunk romania's choice chances so that's tough that's tough and interestingly enough iceland who a lot of people, you know, liked at the Euros and last World Cup. Fifth place. Very, very far off. Nine Behind points. Armenia. Yeah. yeah. Behind Armenia and Romania. That's tough. Anything to say about that, Jack? Uh, I mean, Germany were very impressive, I think. Yeah. Under Hansi Flick. Uh, best record of any German manager in the first six games, by the way. Uh, conceded two goals only in the first six games. And I think they've scored like, I, I want to say it's like 16 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, or even more than that, because they scored nine against Liechtenstein. So, I mean, I think it's like 20 or something. But either way, very impressive. Very impressive Germany. indeed. Uh, so I'm going to go over the, the playoff teams in the UEFA Confederation real quick, just so we know which teams are likely to fight to the death for those last three spots. Starting from Group J going back, North Macedonia, Poland, Russia, Either Turkey or Norway, probably Turkey or Norway, probably not the Netherlands, so Turkey or Norway in Group G. Group F, it's a Scotland and Austria. Uh, group E, it's Wales and the Czech Republic. Group D, it's uh, Finland or Ukraine, probably Finland. Group C, it's Switzerland. And Group B, it is Sweden. And Group A, it is Portugal. Uh, Probably going to say... Oh man, there's a lot of good teams here. I'm not, not, right? not going to make a prediction other than probably Portugal is going to make it. But the likes of like, like Turkey, Russia, Poland, Switzerland, and only like three of these teams can make it. Sweden, like that's right. Like I think a, uh, Portugal, like it, it would be so interesting if we get a group of like, you know, uh, Portugal, Russia, Sweden, and uh, Austria. Yeah, that would be I, I, that would be an I believe it. I believe it's seeded. I, uh, I want to okay. say because uh, FIFA doesn't makes want sense. that to happen at all. Sense. Yeah, and it makes sense. competitively. It, it, it would be it would be so cool. It yes, would be so it would good. Be. 
All right, we are already an hour into the episode, so let's go right into some other stories, hot or not, Jack. Really, really quick. Yep. This is a the, the game show where we where we I ask Jack whether a transfer, a signing, uh, a coach hiring is a hot transfer. So if it's good or if it's not a hot transfer. Starting with Aston Villa officially hiring Steven Gerrard as their new manager to replace uh, uh, Dean Smith. Jack, is this hot or not? Uh, hot. He was great okay. at he was great at Rangers. Will probably be good at at Aston Villa. They needed a new manager. Gerard's pretty good. All right. There we go. All right. <laughs> Barcelona. I I agree. By the way, I have nothing else to add. That's pretty much what most people's. Yeah, you said are. quick. You said quick. Yeah. <laughs> Barcelona signing Danny Alves, former right back. Uh, been five years since they got rid of them. Jack, hot or not to the to the most prolific trophy hunter in soccer history. Eh, it's all right. It's like a mild heat, I guess. He's 38. He he's he's a decent player. Uh yeah, I I I don't I I I feel bad because he's going to compete with Dest for a spot or something. Don't like that. Either way, I'll say mild heat. Jack, this is steaming hot. What? <laughs> yes. All right. Hear me out here. Hear me out here. And a lot of Barcelona fans agree with me, so I could be completely okay, off okay. or completely on because of the bias or maybe not. I don't know. Low wages, a contract just until the season, at the end of the season with a team option. It's a low risk. Very unlikely he, he starts. But what is important is his locker room presence. It's clear Ch- Xavi fair. wants okay. to go back to the old ways of Barcelona. Very like team based, very uh, controlled, a well-oiled machine, one might say. He's already limiting social media, external media interviews, and personal training sessions, and ramping up medical investment, training hours, and tactical rigidity. Danny Alves is a known winner with a good, you know, loud external personality, and he's a better veteran presence than the likes of, you know, PK, Busquets, or Ter Stegen, to say the least, in terms of personality and leadership, and can act as a great mentor for a young right back like Dests. I really don't think he's going to be competing with Dest. Maybe That's a little fair. bit, okay. but would you rather have, you know, Nations League Gold Cup winner Dest or 38-year-old Danny Alves, who's a good player, but yep. I think most of his talent's going to come in the locker room. Okay. I'm going to go with hot. I, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Norwich signing Dean Smith. Uh, it's not official yet, but reportedly, Jack, is this hot or not? Uh, pretty cold. Pretty cold. He just got sacked for being terrible at Aston Villa uh, for a while. Uh, although, if if it depends, if the if this is like Norwich are like, yeah, we're going down. Can you like help rescue us in the championship again? Then sure, I guess it's a mild heat then, but pretty cold, I think. Jack, because of what you just said, I think it's 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 warm. It's it's not nothing crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. Because uh, I, I think I remember you saying specifically. Dean Smith isn't a Premier League coach. Yeah. Well, it's good news because he won't be very soon. I think they're going down. But it's a fresh start. It's a new project, and I think he's capable of leading a project like that. Last one, Pulisic to Barcelona. Some, I think, false rumors. I wouldn't put too much weight in it. Yeah. But just the thought of it, Jack, would that be hot or not? Uh, not. Yeah. I, 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 I don't want to see him leave Chelsea. Uh, he he's so good when he's when he's uh fit and also like Barcelona have wingers that uh that they're going to play anyway. Ansu Fati, uh, you know, you've got Usman Dembele. I think he's better than Dembele. 
He he is. That, I, I, that's I, true. But I think he's competing with Fatih and Depay for those winger spots. Yeah, and, the, and that that's tougher competition. I I I like his odds at Chelsea because he he's a good player. Biased, biased. I know. I I'll say if this is alone as it's been rumored to be, it's hot for both Barcelona and Pulisic. If it's a a, a buying option, this is cold for Barcelona because they don't have the financials to support right, anything. Right. Uh, but he gets to go to a team that's desperate for healthy players, and if he stays healthy, that's great for him. Uh, he'll be in a system, 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, that's more conducive to his game. Speaking of game, his ability to work in tight spaces and dribble past defenders is great for a team like Barcelona. And if it goes well, he can stay at Barcelona. If it doesn't go well, or it just doesn't work out in the cards, he, Barcelona can't buy him, he just goes back to Chelsea. Not hot for Chelsea, obviously, because they just want as many options as possible. Eh, it is what it is. Speaking of Barcelona, though, real quick news. Uh, Barcelona player Sergio Aguero may no longer play football due to a serious heart condition. He will be observed by doctors for a period of time and a decision about his future will be made. It would be very sad to see him not be able to play, but of course, player health above all. Uh, in addition to that, uh, going from Barcelona to PSG, uh, PSG women's player... Uh, Aminita Diallo was alleged to have hired people to attack fellow PSG teammate Akira Hamarui. Rui? Jack, you have any idea what that is? Hamarui? Hamarui? All right, sure. Uh, regardless of what, how her name is pronounced, sorry about that mispronunciation, the story right now is that Diallo allegedly hired people to attack her and eliminate her from getting playing time. But as the story progresses, and this is a progressing story, it increasingly looks likely that Diallo was not part of the attack at all. And that points to a larger story about the false allegations and particularly how the media and how we view black indigenous and, you know, footballers of color. Because this is, you know, not the first story of something like this happening, whether it be a, a black player or just a marginalized player in general. Obviously, we don't know the answer to this at all. This is such like a crazy story that we will definitely report on this in the future. Uh, and the last real quick news, NWSL Finals said it's the Red Stars versus the Washington Spirit. We'll preview that game later. Jack, stat padding, my favorite game show. Take it away. Yeah, well, this one is a UEFA qualifiers special. So I've got five questions. Some of them are pretty easy. I'll start with the easiest one first. Also... Fun fact about this, the hints for each of these are I'm going to say a specific word for uh, in that country's native language. So it might oh, help, wow. might not. But let's start with the first one. What country has only conceded et mul, one goal, in this qualifying period, as well as having the only perfect record in UEFA? Uh, that's easy. That's Denmark. Exactly. Okay, you got good. that one right. Oh. We're starting off easy. All right. Okay. Next okay. one. This one's pretty easy as well. Which UEFA nation was the first 2018 World Cup to find themselves utrimt or eliminated from 2022 contention? Ooh. So this what, this isn't playoffs. This is completely eliminated. Completely eliminated. Iceland. That is correct as okay, well. Yes. Good. Like Ooh. I said, starting off easy. Yeah. Uh, Iceland had a terrible showing in the group. Yeah. That's yep. right. We're going to some harder ones. Oh, gosh. This, one, this one's pretty difficult. Uh, 
Which country conceded the most own goals or, in their native language, Das Eigentor, in qualifying? And I'll give you some more hints for this because sure, it's a okay, bit okay, tougher. Sure, sure. Uh, it's a mid, a middle European team that starts with L. Liechtenstein. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. let's go. They, they've conceded three own goals, two more than any other team. Okay. Once you said central and L, I can't think of another one that starts in L. So Luxembourg is the only other one that you could have yeah. potentially gotten. But is that central? I think it's more western. But they're geography. in the same. They're in the same location. They're, okay, they're pretty okay, close. Okay. Right. So let's go to an, two more difficult ones. Many teams have been unlucky and hit the crossbar several times during qualify, qualifying, but only one side can take the prize for the most unlucky. Which team hit Di Kerlate or the crossbar most often? Oh, man. Can you say that word again? Di Kerlate. God, I'm think, I don't know why, but when I hear that, I'm thinking like, like Southern Europe or Eastern Europe. I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm going to press send. As a team that had a lot of chances, but didn't put too many away, I'm going with Italy. It's not. It is Germany with Ugh. 10. Why? Okay. Why? Okay. Well, apparently I don't know languages. <laughs> <laughs> I probably butchered that as well, since sure. I do not know German that well. But right. Three final, for four, though. So again. Yeah, final one. This one has three answers in it. You okay. don't have to get oh, all of them. If you get two out of three, that's fine. Okay. We'll, we'll say that. Uh, what three nations were the nicest to opponents each only accumulating eight yellow cards in each of their native languages yellow is jean amarillo and jluta oh gosh this is <laughs> I- i'm so sorry to any europeans because i know we have european listeners because this is this is this is gonna be bad uh <laughs> can you say those uh, three again yes jean amarillo and Jluta. I'm going to go with the Netherlands, Switzerland, and uh, uh, Spain. You got one out of three on those. So, although I will, I, Switzerland is close because they speak the same language as one of those countries. They Was also it? use the word jaune for yellow, but it Was is it? France for that one. Crap. Yeah. That that's what makes this a little tougher. Spain okay, so is correct. Spain is correct. Yep, and that is what, what, Amarillo. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. Yep. And, and then, Jluta the, is yellow in Czech. Well, I was never gonna get that. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that. That's a bit tougher one. I threw that one in there as well because I've been learning a little bit of Czech, so wanted to try some of that out. So, any Czech listeners out there, critique it. Critique my pronunciations. Any European listeners, if I totally butchered it, let me know. But AJ, you know, uh, that that's like three and a half out yeah. of five. Three and a half out of, not too bad. I, I, that's a passing grade, I think. It's like 70%. That is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 70%, yeah. Yeah, it's better than some of my midterms this year, so I'll, <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it. All right. Let's go on to some predictions, or last week's predictions, I should say. Jack, why don't you let everyone know the scoring system and how they could potentially participate next week? Yeah, well, you get 10 points for getting the exact... or getting the result correct yeah. and 20 points for getting the exact scoreline correct and zero points if you get none of it and you can participate by going to our twitter at final third show and voting in the polls on there every week vote for who you think is going to win or draw and see if you can help the listeners 
to get some points to compete with us in this season's table. But starting off with this, we already talked about this game. It was the headline game from this week, for really for us at least. The U.S. men's national team versus Mexico in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. It ended dos acero. AJ didn't believe in the U.S. Okay, yeah. He didn't. <laughs> he said it would be a 1-1 draw. He's going to get zero points for that. Uh, that's what you get for not believing in the U.S. It's called soccer, buddy. Come on. Uh, and <laughs> and I get I believed in the U.S. I said two to one. Pretty close. I'll take the 10 points. And our listeners, of course, believed in the U.S. as you should. And they get 10 <laughs> points from that as well. Not a great start, AJ. Uh, well, we'll see how this next one goes, because it's Uruguay versus Argentina in the CONMEBOL World Cup qualifying. Uh, it was an early goal from Di Maria, assisted by uh, Dybala. And that was the difference maker in this iteration of the Clasico del Rio de la Plata. It wasn't always clear cut as Uruguay had plenty of chances testing Emmy Martinez in goal, but they held on for a win, they being Argentina, and most importantly, are one step closer to booking a place into the 2022 World Cup. I got it right on the money. I said 1-0. to zero. I knew that Di Maria was going to score in like the fourth minute and nothing else was going to happen after that. <laughs> I got 20 points. Jack was close. There were some... Uh, Chances for Argentina, he said 2-0, to zero. could have been true, but fortunately it wasn't. He gets 10 points, though. Listeners also agreed with Argentina. They also get 10 points. Jack, take us to Italy versus Switzerland. Yeah, well, this game did not really go how any of us uh, thought it might. Italy drew 1-1 to one against Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland took an early lead through Silvan Widmer, assisted by our uh, RB Salzburg's Noah Okafor, but Giovanni Di Lorenzo equalized in the 36 minutes, assisted by Lorenzo Insigne. Jorginho, he had an opportunity to win this game for Italy and qualify them to the World Cup, but he missed his penalty, skied it. Oh one of his worst penalties I've ever seen. Uh, he didn't do the hop, skip, and a jump, and that's, what, that's where he went wrong. Yeah. And uh, this finishes one-to-one. I'm really upset with them. I've got even more beef because I predicted two to one for Italy. <laughs> I would have had 20 points, but instead I have zero. Thanks, Jorginho. No Ballon d'Or for you. Just for that. Dang. Uh, just for that. Not for, not for anything else. <laughs> uh, so if he doesn't win it, that's why. Um, AJ predicted two to zero for Italy. Again, zero points. And our listeners believed in Italy as well, which was a mistake in this case. Uh, yeah. Very disappointing performance from them. Yes. Uh, this next one, Portugal versus Serbia, we also talked about uh, earlier in the episode. It ended up being 2-1 to one to Serbia thanks to pretty late Dimitrovic goal. Both Jack and I were like, yeah, Portugal's got this. I said 3-1, to one. Jack said 1-0, to zero, zero points for us. The listeners in their poll, uh, it actually tied between draw and Serbia. So as, as, a, as a, you know, a very uh, nice... N nice uh, Twitter admin. I decided to let them get credit for either of those results, and it turned out to be in Serbia's favor and in the listeners' favor. In this case, they get ten points for that. This next game was one of the NWSL semifinals: Portland Thorns, the top seed, versus Chicago Red Stars, one of the winners in the quarterfinals. This was in Providence Park in Portland, and it actually ended up going not the home crowd's way. It went to the Chicago Red Stars. Jana will be happy. Uh, Caitlin Johnson scored in the 37th minute. Uh, came on for an injured uh, Kielia Watt in the 29th minute. Oh, some good impact subs there. 
59th minute, uh, Sarah Oldmo made it 2-0 for the away side. It made it uh, the, the final 2-0, Dos Cero for the Chicago Red Stars. So it's going to be the Red Stars versus the Washington Spirit in Louisville next Saturday, I want to say. It's going to be crazy. That will be the NWSL final. We're going to predict that in a little bit, but not before we talk about the final results for this game. Uh, because I said it was going to be a penalty win for Chicago, Jack said it was going to be a penalty win for Portland. He gets zero points, but I'll get five points because I at least guessed the winner correctly. Listeners said Portland Thorns because they're dumb, and they got zero points for that. Wow, wow. Leading the final score to be 20 points for Jack, 25 points for yours truly, and 30 points for the listeners for the second time this uh, this season. They have beaten us again, Jack. How's that make you feel? Uh, it's fine. I'm still on top of the table, I think, overall. so That's true. Jack the, lead's is... shrink- the lead's shrinking, but... Slowly but surely some... it is. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the, the gap between the listeners and I are widening, though. I'm at 280 points. Oof. Listeners at 295. Catching up to you, Jack, only 20 points uh, away from you and the listeners, you're at 315 points on the season. Let's see if that changes in next week's predictions coming up right now. As always, participate at Final Third Show. Link will be in the description below. Canada versus Mexico, Jack. Who is winning this CONCAP World Cup qualifier in Edmonton, Canada? Well, that's gonna, that's, this is a tough game, and ultimately... I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw on this. I, 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 think, I think both of these teams are very good. Canada are playing at home, but Mexico are going to want some revenge after that loss we inflicted on them. I think they might take, us out, take it out on our northern neighbors there, uh, but I don't think it will be enough. I think 1-1 is going to be the scoreline there. And that and would also, be, yeah, yeah, it would be so great for us. It would yeah, be I great for the say, U.S. That's yeah. like the perfect uh, score for us as long as we win against uh, right, Jamaica right. there, of course. Uh, I, I think that Canada's been playing uh, very well. They have not lost yet in this World Cup qualifying cycle. David, Davies, everyone is playing very well. Mexico has not been playing well in this particular window. So, I don't know. But the real decider for me is it's in Edmonton. Edmonton, Canada, which for anyone who's not geographically inclined, Edmonton is... The northernmost populous city in Canada. There's obviously like other cities there, but they are the most northernmost populous city. And on Tuesday, when this match happens, Jack, do you know what the weather is going to be? Cold, snowy. It's going to be snowing, 88% chance of precipitation, and 24 degrees with a low of three degrees. Dang, okay, you did your research on this. Okay. Yes. (laughs) The home field advantage is going to be great, plus the poor pitch benefits uh the less technical team which is canada if it's going to get snowy canada knows how to deal with that i think it's going to be a very chippy one to zero win for canada okay okay yeah uh maybe less snowy is argentina versus brazil i think they're actually entering their summer right now uh jack yep who is winning this south american classic well the a lot of the past few games between these have been decided by a goal or let or like or a draw. So I think at most it will be a one to zero win. And for the winner, I'm going to go for Argentina. I'm going, I'm going for Argentina on this one. One to zero win. Same as the Copa America uh, final. I, I really think that, that it's, that it's possible for them to do it. So they're also playing in Argentina. 
So not too bad. I, I definitely think there's a good possibility. Plus, since Brazil have all but qualified, they they yeah. might give some they might give some of their not first t- choice players a chance. Well, first of all, they have already qualified, but at the right. same time, I think Pride is going to get the better of both these teams. I think they're going to try it out the strongest lineups just to get one above the rival. Both sides, I think, are very evenly matched. Argentina has lo- hasn't lost in 26 games, but both teams have scored a lot and conceded little in this World Cup qualifying uh, cycle. Brazil just slogged through a very chippy game against Colombia thanks to a Paqueta goal from a Neymar assist. And Argentina took care of Uruguay pretty well. Very evenly matched, so I'm going to go with a one-to-one draw. And I'll take us to uh, you know the club games that are starting up again with Liverpool versus Arsenal. After a disaster start for Arsenal this season, they're now in fifth place, only two points points behind Liverpool. They've only conceded one goal in the past four games and scored eight. Liverpool had a poor game against West Ham, getting delivered their first loss of the season thanks to a poor midfield performance from them. However, I think this Liverpool talent clearly outmatches Arsenal's yet-to-be-truly-consistent and proven talent. Robertson was poor for Liverpool, so I want them to play uh, Simikas. Thiago, I think, also needs to be in the midfield. If Liverpool can make these adjustments that they definitely should make, I see no reason why Arsenal have uh, anything more than a, an okay chance. So even with good performances from ESR, Sokka, and Lacazette, and others, I think this will be a 2-1 to one Liverpool win. Jack, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I also think this is being played at Anfield. Yeah, Anfield is tough. Anfield's a tough place to win at. Uh, so even though Liverpool have a very long injury list, uh, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, uh, James Milner, Joe Gomez, Jordan Henderson, Naby Keita, Roberto Firmino, oh, Sadio wow. Mane. Mm, I might change injured. my mind. <laughs> but Mane, Mane is only out for a few days, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it should be fine. Arsenal are missing Thomas Partey, who is going to play, who would play a big role otherwise. I, 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 I don't believe in Arsenal to take down Liverpool, honestly, okay. especially not at Anfield. I'm going to say 3-2, to two, though. I think there will be goals to be had in this. All right. Okay. Okay. Jack, this is the Chicago Red Stars versus the Washington Spirit NWSL final. Uh, noon in Louisville, 11-20. Big, big game, especially because both these teams were uh, the underdogs, took down the, the two home teams, Washington Spirit and O.L. Reign, respectively. <sighs> I have no idea because I predicted that it was going to be Chicago versus O.L. Reign, and that made it a lot easier these two teams are pretty evenly stacked. There's, they are both in very good form. However, I know Gianna's going to hate me here. I'm going with the narrative. Washington Spirit winning with a terrible uh, owner with terrible circumstances around their season. And I'm making it be a 2-1 to Washington Spirit win for the narrative. Jack, what do you say? I'm going to Chicago on this one. Okay. Uh, the last three games they've had, they've beat the Spirit twice and drew against them eh. once. Eh. Hey, I, a, I mean, it's a fact. It's a, there, the, there's the, a first you, time for everything, to be fair. There is. No, I mean, the, the Spirit did win uh, against them uh, in September 2020, so it's not like they, they don't have it in them. It's not like a completely unmatched, like, uneven rivalry. But I want the Chicago Red Stars to win. 
I do. Uh, when I predicted Portland to beat them, it was more because I thought, like, you know, I want to get some prediction points, but I yeah. wanted Chicago to win. And in this case, I'm going to say they do. Wow. Two to zero. Wow. Two to zero, zero here. Yeah. Wow. Why not? You know, they beat Portland in Portland two to zero with, like, arguably one of their better players in Mallory Pugh out. Why why couldn't they do it against the Washington Spirit? Is well, my, is my Washington Spirit also went to Tacoma, Washington, and beat OL Reign. This is so. true. This is true. We'll see. But we'll see who... I, I want to believe in Chicago. They they deserve a winning team in soccer. They deserve it after the <laughs> Chicago Fire had a, another terrible yeah, season. Chicago Fire, like Chicago dumpster fire. <laughs> well. Let's move on to another uh, knockout game, this time not the final, but the first round of the Western Conference MLS knockout playoff rounds. Portland Timbers versus Minnesota United, which I think is one of the more interesting fixtures. Uh, There's going to be a lot of interesting fixtures in the second round, but I decided just to stick with one game for this week. Portland Timbers versus our Minnesota United. Jack, who's taking this? Well, I I looked into this. Minnesota have won the last three games against the Portland Timbers. Actually, and ha- oh, haven't. Lo- oh, yeah, go ahead. And they haven't lost in the last seven games against That's the true. Portland Timbers. The last time they lost against them was in 2018. And, you know, for those of you who don't know Minnesota United, our team was a lot worse back then. Yeah, it was. Uh, and even then, it was a three to two win that Portland barely pulled out in Portland. We, we've gone to Portland quite a few times in the past few years, gotten positive results, draws, beat them three to one, beat them one to zero there. Call me crazy, but I'm going with Minnesota. Crazy. I'm going with it. Crazy. Uh, I, I know that that might be really strange, but if you're looking at, uh, at Portland right now, they've got a few injuries in there. Eric Williamson is out. Well, he's been out for the entire season. Well, yeah, so. but that that really hurts them. The only <laughs> I did not realize this. Emmanuel Reynoso is suspended. He's not actually. That he's is not. Wrong okay, thank God. Yellow oh. card accumulation doesn't hold up into the playoffs. He got like a yellow card that would have would have suspended him if it it carried over. Oof. Instead, he had to pay a fine. So oh. rest easy, rest easy, Jack. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with my prediction then. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say three to one for Minnesota. Oh my gosh! I know. I know. I, I'm going for it. Jack, I. I really think it's gonna happen. Jack, I'm calling you crazy right now because you are. Listen, I, I. I agree with you. Minnesota hasn't lost the Timbers in seven games. Have all their best attackers: Fragapane, Reynoso, Ludd, and Hunu healthy and available, and they've already beaten Portland at home this season. However, Portland is the best team in the West at home. Meanwhile, Minnesota is ninth best away from home. Ninth out of 13. Not in the playoff spots if we went on away form. And hasn't managed to keep a clean sheet at all in five games. In fact, has been conceding uh, quite a few, especially in the last game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna always try to reverse jinx my teams. I want Minnesota to win. But just to make myself feel better if we lose, I'm going with a one to zero Portland Timbers win. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jack. If they win, I'll be happy, and I, I would. I won't care at all. I'll I'll take the zero points if if Minnesota win. Like absolutely, that's just how I see it. Jack, that is our predictions. How are you feeling about them? And where can people participate and find us in, in the future? 
I'm feeling pretty good. We've got quite a few differences out uh, in our predictions, so it's going to be an exciting week. But hey, listeners, if you want to participate too, if you want to say, if you want to say, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, they're so wrong, I could do so much better. Prove that. Prove it. Go to our Twitter at Final Third Show. Vote in the polls on who you think is going to win or draw for that week. And you can contribute to the to uh, the listener total and see if maybe you could pull off a win in our first tracked season, we'll say, of of uh, of the predictions game. Yes, yes, yes. Also, follow us on whatever podcasting platform uh, you listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Five star reviews do get read, uh, read out on the podcast. Also, check out the link down below to be a part of our MLS Bracket Challenge. You can win $10 if you top the group there. And yeah, we'll see you guys this Thursday for our MLS Playoff Preview. And also, we'll see you guys same time, same place, next Monday for our news and predictions episode. Tell a friend about the show. Tell a dad about a show. Not just your dad, any dad at all. And we'll see you guys then. See ya. Bye for now. <laughs>